Welcome to the Sensualchemy School podcast, where we explore grief, pleasure, and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we center the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask, within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive, and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs, what if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper, and I'm so grateful you're here. Hi, everyone. It's so fabulous to have you back and wading through the sensualchemy waters with me once again. I'm Kate Leeper, and I've been really looking forward to sharing today's episode with you. This one has been simmering and percolating in all the ways that feel important before rushing into speaking about something that has a lot of depth and nuance and may even be a little polarizing for some. But just before we dive in today, I want to give you the heads up about a free online workshop I'll be teaching on September 22nd. This workshop is called Bad Girl Body, and today's episode is going to bring a little context to some of what we'll be playing with and how this class can support you as a woman navigating all the big feels in a culture that really misses the mark when it comes to teaching us how to be with them. So stay tuned for more info at the end. Or if you're super keen to know more, then check out kateleeper.com slash badgirlbody for more. Or check out the link in the show notes. Alrighty, back to it. So today I'm bringing you some thoughts and explorations specifically in relation to grief and the archetypal feminine. So in diving into the heart of today's theme, it's important to paint a bit of background around some of the terms I'll be using. And putting grief aside for a moment, let's firstly geek out a little, <laughs> just a little, to the idea of the feminine and what is it? <laughs> so firstly, depending on your background, your training, or simply what you've been exposed to, I guess, you may be more familiar with spiritual yoga or tantric teachings referring to the feminine as divine goddess or shakti or yin energy maybe. And so where you may hear some overlap today, I'm really doing my best to not buy into how easy it would be for me as a white woman to exploit ancient teachings like these by trying to encapsulate all the rich history and depth with no direct connection to the lineage of such teachings. And it's come to my attention that, you know, appropriating these teachings for mine, for our own benefit, simply because we really jive with the idea and we want to share it with the world, even when our intentions might be pure, it's still super disrespectful to those who are legitimately connected to the cultural and spiritual lineage of the teachings. So where I'll certainly never profess to be anywhere near perfect around this stuff, I'm willing, I guess, to try out loud. <laughs> so where I deeply resonate and 
have been profoundly transformed by Eastern teachings of the feminine. My personal training is more through the lens of the psychotherapy lineage, which is also more akin to my personal ancestry. And this can deliver its own set of issues for sure, which I'll touch on a little bit today. But ultimately, my nature, when I feel drawn to exploring something in my own life, is to get curious about it and try it on for size and simultaneously question, what is it that calls me? What might it be representing in terms of what I feel I'm missing or longing for, as opposed to defining a right way or like, you know, a best way or a superior teaching or philosophy. So that's just a little bit about how I'll often share around these things on this podcast. Anyhow, I also wanted to mention that I'm trained as a feminine embodiment coach through the School of Embodied Arts, which is a really incredible modality that incorporates a broad theoretical underpinning, but is primarily concerned with how each individual body interprets what the feminine is to them through intimacy with both the external and internal felt senses. And I was drawn towards this modality because in my early 30s, after teaching in secondary schools in my 20s, and then through my postgraduate training as a counsellor and then psychotherapist, and of course, as was reaffirmed in everyday patriarchal life, I became aware of this limited frame that I've been taught to experience and present to the world. And I held a deep yearning to connect to the aspects of myself that were more fluid, receptive, cyclical, inherently creative and sensual, emotionally liberated and expressive. And not only did I crave connection to these qualities that I knew, I knew they were part of me intellectually, but I had become really detached with them over time. The deeper craving was to connect, was to contact how these qualities felt in my body. So I could literally practice and cultivate these aspects of self in order to have them feel not just less foreign, but ultimately to feel more me. So I want to give kudos to my mentor and friend and the founder of the School of Embodied Arts, Jenna Ward here, for the way that she so beautifully and honestly explores the many layered understandings of the feminine, specifically in relation to how coming home to this energetic quality in and through the wisdom of our bodies can open up an incredible new skill set within us. And I want to point out that she's really clear in our coaching modality that when we refer to masculine and feminine energetic principles, we're not defaulting to some blanket cultural assumption that speaks to masculine as pertaining to men and feminine as pertaining to women. But instead, that these different energies reside within all of us innately, despite how we might personally identify. 
And Western cultures especially, right, do a great job in perpetuating gender binaries that can be completely dismissive and harmful to those who don't identify as either man or woman. So it feels really important to align to feminine embodiment as a non-gendered approach to coaching. This was all really refreshing for me as a graduate of psychotherapy because it illuminated so much about Carl Jung's archetypal masculine and feminine theory of anima and animus that really wasn't helpful for women surviving patriarchy. (laughs) And I could really geek out here, but I feel like the most important thing to bring up today in this podcast around grief and the feminine is that Jung's work, as revolutionary as it was in understanding archetypes, as representations of the collective unconscious. And although he described them as androgynous and plural, there have been many post-Jungian writers that highlight where his misogynist and heteronormative gender binary views leak out into the work. I think, you know, it's important for those of us who felt called into exploring the archetypal feminine to acknowledge these kinds of feminist analyses because Much of the Western goddess movement rests on the shoulders of Jungian theory and therefore must we not ask ourselves whether the feminine we're seeking to access and embody is actually inherently misogynist. Are we empowering ourselves or are we defaulting to how the culture wants to uphold the feminine for its own power? Good question to ask, I think. Okay. So we won't be taking a deep dive into feminist revisions of of Jungian archetypal theory any further today, but if you are interested in reading up on the course and progression of this work, I'll reference Susan Rowland's 2004 text, Jung, a Feminist Revision, in the show notes for you. So yeah, you can uh, have a bit more of a squeeze. So with that being said, how do I personally relate to the archetypal feminine principle? Well, one of the most resonant definitions I've come across is from the late Marion Woodman, who stated that the feminine is a state of being, capital B, of receiving and of holding paradox. The feminine principle attempts to relate. Instead of breaking things off into parts, it says, where are we alike How can we connect? Where is the love? Can you listen to me? Can you really hear what I'm saying? Can you see me? Do you care whether you see me or not? Now, these words of Woodman's really speak to me because I recognize that when I'm able to find deep connection to my body in very specific ways, I can come into absolute clarity with the answers to questions like these without even trying. The answers come to me. I can describe the times I'm most in contact with the feminine this way, when I'm attuned and alive to my felt senses while anchored by an embodied experience of safety. When I'm in a kind of creative flow, that feels sourced by something greater than myself and completely instinctive. It's these moments that feel 
deeply mystical and otherworldly, yet my body is the bridge. I'm not outside my physical form, but I'm instead 100% inhabiting it. Marion Woodman, as a Jungian analyst who sought to bring together both the psyche and the soma, deeply embraces mysticism as a transformative practice by focusing her work on healing the psycho-spiritual effects of patriarchy and the associated repression of women and the body. This I am totally on board with. And at the same time, I just want to note that Woodman's work was rooted in the second wave of feminism. So I'm mindful that since that time, feminist theorists have come a long way in appreciating the more multidimensional interconnections between the biological, the cultural, and the social within feminist psychology and identity. So with that being said, there's some of Woodman's work around the feminine and women's bodies that I'm not super keen on. And I think we've come a long way to really distance ourselves from, to be honest. So now if you've been listening to the latest episodes of this podcast, you know that grief is a central exploration of sensual alchemy school. And I'm interested in so much more than what Western culture paints grief to be, especially in the lives of women identifying humans, mostly because I am one. And an enormous amount of my own lived experience of grief has been impacted by this fact. So what I'm going to break down for you today may or may not feel aligned to you, but it is, I guess, an exploration that sits at the core of the Sensual Alchemy School embodiment philosophy, methods, and trainings. And a funny story that just reflects how powerful and important it is to be in creative process with another person who is actively listening and helping you to pull all the threads of your thoughts and expression together. Because this central idea around grief, it kind of eluded me until my fabulous biz coach, Rachel McDonald, a little shout out there, Rach, reflected back to me what I'd been describing and sharing with her for months, but I almost hadn't dared to distill and simplify it in this way. And that is in line with how we've been cultured to understand, relate to, and express, grief is feminine. Once I heard Rachel feedback to me, what I'd been saying to her that I wanted to bring to other women, specifically women who identified as creatives, who were moving towards or already inhabiting leadership roles or serving other women in pivotal, human-centered, body-oriented ways, I could not get it out of my head. To acknowledge that grief shared these incredible parallels with the ways that we've been taught both explicitly and implicitly to dismiss and dishonor all things feminine, it felt like a revelation that was pure medicine. It was a giant aha moment that allowed me to see how so many of the losses I had experienced in my life so far were not only compounded by the fear, shame, or discomfort I held around 
even claiming the losses as legitimate and grieving their impacts. But that a hell of a lot of this fear, shame, and discomfort stemmed from both internalized misogyny and a rejection of the feminine principle within me. So let me break this down in reference to my own embodied experience of the feminine, as opposed to the patriarchal interpretation of the feminine. As I shared earlier, I feel most attuned to who I am and in reciprocal relationship with nature and source when I'm in my creative and sensual expression. When I'm able to drop into my body in ways that aren't rigid, controlled, or with any kind of agenda. So this means that to inhabit my feminine is to lean into a sense of natural blossoming unfolding that is inherently untidy and imperfect. Yet patriarchy in its need to control, dominate, and make logical sense of the abstract and the indefinable does not feel comfortable with my feminine. It identifies the feminine in me at best as unproductive and pointless and at worst, a disruptive force to be boxed in and quietened because it goes against the systems and structures that maintain the status quo. The systems and structures that in truth are designed to only really serve white, able-bodied, cis, hetero men. So even those systems and structures that proclaim to be in existence purely to support women in times where leaning into the fluid, open, surrendering feminine principle would be most beneficial. Like, for example, systems and structures built around pregnancy, birth and mothering, right? Within patriarchal society, these still serve the masculine principle above all else. They still serve linear timelines over organic, unpredictable, cyclical events. They still serve to provide clear-cut answers and definitive paths forward over uncertainty, curiosity, and the beauty of the unknown. They still serve to reinforce institutionalized power and hierarchy over the pure, unquestionable power and autonomy of each individual human. In this context, woman. So firstly, a question for you to reflect on is this. How much loss have you incurred in your life in light of the degradation of the feminine? I feel like most of us are aware of the overt ways that we've learned to overcompensate and compartmentalize our identity in order to successfully navigate a world that operates under the values of masculine dominance. But I'm not sure many of us have actually connected to those sacrifices as losses worthy of grieving, you know? And that may well be true because of what grief is, what it feels like to the griever and what it looks like to the outsider. It fascinates me because grief as an inescapable human experience is something that from birth we're very purposefully taught we must escape from in order to keep our dignity 
the nature and expression of grief has been culturally disparaged as messy, emotional, unpredictable, and chaotic. Remind you of anything yet? (laughs) We're given stages and models and ways of neatly relating to our grief so it can be presented as sensical and logical and tightly held in medicalized containers labeled as normal or abnormal. It's as if grief is this wild, powerful beast who, if left unchecked and allowed to roam free and untamed, will overthrow the current paradigm. Pure, uncensored grief to me feels like yet another channel of the same life force as when I come into deep, true contact with feminine energy. Unbound creative energy. Buzzing, turned on sensual energy. Disregarding any connotations that culture has wrapped around these states of being. The intensity and presence that grief, when given the space to be, is at its core, is yet another complex human experience we've not been encouraged to let loose in our bodies. Our relating, our communities in ritual, and therefore it is, like the feminine, a quality, expression, and state of humanness that is inevitably shrouded in shame and linked to emotional repression. We also talk a lot about pleasure in this podcast and the revolutionary ways that we as women can gently edge towards a new relationship with our bodies as a conduit of sensual pleasures, from switching off our autopilot mode to awakening greater sensitivity and connection to our internal landscapes in our everyday lives. And this kind of slow, flourishing energy is so pure in and of itself, yet many of us have this distorted relationship to what feels good because we're used to other people and systems of power telling us what we are and are not entitled to feel. And I see so many similarities with grief, also anger, also personal power, But here, I'm really curious about this grief and pleasure connection and all the places in which they intersect. Now, the sensual alchemy method is designed essentially as a tool of the feminine resistance with the intention of subverting this cultural programming that pathologizes grief and co-ops pleasure to drive shame and disembodiment, particularly in women. I teach a multimodal approach to embodied exploration and empowerment that invites communion with and transmutation of the complex human experience of grief through sensual aliveness and creative expression. And this approach seeks to invite intimacy with the embodied feminine, a deeper, more nuanced relationship to both personal and collective grief and the potential for pleasure and erotic exploration to open channels of liberated creative expression. At Sensual Alchemy School, we use different movement and writing practices to enhance somatic inquiry, kind of reawaken that juicy creative impulse and support expressive integration. And this unique methodology is like medicine in the unraveling of layers of shame and repression and in reclaiming embodied power, roused by grief and sourced by pleasure. 
So in my body, I experience grief as part of my feminine energetic blueprint. It's been an immense journey for me, but I've come to see that over the years, as I've liberated the repressed feminine in me and the ways I've engaged with life, I've met grief in that process. They've gone hand in hand. And in times I've been faced with unimaginable loss, I have also had to confront the aspects of my inner feminine that have been wounded or denied within me. The big, messy emotionality that I'd worked really hard to keep contained, you know, that stuff all came out. The dependency and fragility, the too muchness of heartbreak that never ends, the shame of realizing my own patriarchal indoctrination when faced with the fear of how I could possibly live if I didn't look like a youthful, perky and perfect maiden I was before autoimmune disease began to change my body. Grief and the feminine, tangled and intrinsic to one another in light and shadow. I've heard so many variations of my story and the stories of my clients and my loved ones. And now I see this connection. I want to share with you how great it actually is. You know, how much potential for personal liberation there is in delving into this web of feminine grief with curiosity, following the threads, unlearning the programming, and rebuilding a relationship with both the feminine and grief. This is so much of what Sensual Alchemy School is about, reimagining how to be with our bodies and our hearts in ways that are sourcing and sustaining and that bring us closer to wholeness. This is how we shift a culture, bit by bit, by lovingly forging a relationship with our exiled feminine and our past and present grief. Now, as I mentioned at the top of today's episode, I have a super exciting announcement. I'll be teaching my very first online workshop under the banner of Sensual Alchemy School in a couple of weeks on September the 22nd. This workshop is called Bad Girl Body and it's for you if you're a woman on a path of exploring the feminine in yourself and you recognize that you're holding onto many layers of nuanced, complicated grief that perhaps have been compartmentalized And maybe there's a sense that these accumulated losses have even stagnated in your body and your capacity to express has been impacted. So we'll be looking at and feeling into some of the different ways that this grief energy may have been exiled through the repression and the rejection of your feminine in your life and how these kinds of archetypal shadows might be following you around. So if this sounds like a class that you want to be a part of, then make sure you head to kateleeper.com slash badgirlbody, one word, to get all the details and to register. Really excited to teach this class because for a free experience, it's really going to pack a punch with value and you'll leave with a whole new perspective on your relationship with the feminine, with grief, and towards a path of liberation in your body. Well, there you go. I feel like today's episode covered some kind of controversial terrain maybe. And if nothing else, I hope that there was something here for you in some way, shape or form. 
a connection, a spark of recognition, a seed of desire towards reimagining what it might feel like to be in a more honoring relationship to your grief through the embodiment of the feminine principle. I'm super keen to keep exploring the idea of grief and the feminine with you. So if there's something that clicked with you or you want to delve into more, then hit me up at kate.leaper on Instagram and let's stay curious together. (sighs) Well, my loves, take care and I will look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family, and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.